We're going to jump right on over here and talk with Congressman Ken Buck. He is in Washington, and Washington is in a dither and Twitter about all kinds of things uh, going on. Welcome, Congressman Buck. Thank you, Kim. Good to be with you. Well, good to talk to you. And my gosh, uh, what is going on there? I can't wait to, to ask you these questions. Attorney General William Barr uh, looks like that uh, they that um, the Democrats may hold him in contempt. What is going on in Washington right now? Well, I, I tell you, I, I think they uh, were very disappointed in the uh, Mueller report, and they didn't get what they expected, and now they're grasping for straws. And this is a perfect example. Uh, they have uh, given the attorney general a subpoena for all of the documents that uh, for, for the entire Mueller report, uh, an unredacted Mueller report, the attorney general would be violating the law if he gave them that unredacted report because there is grand jury material and classified material in that report. And so uh, the attorney general uh, would violate the law on the one hand or be held in contempt of Congress on the other. And, and it's just an untenable position to put a, a cabinet level official in and, and, uh, we will be uh, marking up the resolution to hold the attorney general in contempt uh, in the Judiciary Committee in about an hour and a half. So I am I'm anxious to get there and uh, and do battle. Well, Congressman Buck, it seems to me that this is really about optics, that, in fact, the Democrats, for, you know, that busy, everyday person out there, they're just kind of looking at headlines. And so they're seeing these headlines that William Barr held in contempt and so it implies that they're hiding something, that uh, he won't give them the, the full report when, as you mentioned, by law he can't do that. It seems to me like it's optics. Since they didn't get what they wanted with the Mueller report, they're trying to really confuse people and create chaos in their minds. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think it's really disingenuous, but it seems like it's a political narrative to me. I think it is in, in large part optics, and, and what uh, what the Democrat what, what the Democrats know they have to do is they have to go to court, and they have to ask a court uh, for a waiver of grand jury material, so that the attorney general has the uh, ability to uh, uh, deliver that uh, report in, in the form that they wanted it. Um, I'm not sure the court would give it to him. The court has given uh, that kind of waiver uh, in two occasions. One was the Nixon impeachment and the other was the Clinton impeachment. Uh, but they are they are clearly going down an impeachment path right now. They just don't want to use the impeachment word. OK, so that's a whole nother thing. Uh, this uh you know, the Democrats have, first of all, they were not pleased with the election of Donald Trump. I think that it totally surprised them. And so they've never really um, adhered, gotten on the Trump train, gotten on the train that I and just backing up a little bit. As I look at what's really happening with our economy, I, I, I think that Donald Trump has a great love for the American people, no matter what your descriptor is. You know, when you look at uh, one of the lowest unemployment rates in the history of our country, and when you look at a 3.2% uh, GDP growth, which was uh, for the last quarter, this is something that doesn't look at the descriptors, that uh, the intersectionality, if you will, that the left is trying to bring together of all these people that are underserved or 
underprivileged. When you start to have low unemployment and a good economy, that raises everybody's boats, no matter what the descriptor is. And that seems to be one of the things that these these Democrats that have these I want to say the far left radicals that have taken over the Democrat Party. This is no longer the Democrat Party of JFK. This is way, way, you know, far, far, far to the left. And uh, they don't want everyday people to be prospering, it seems, because they are doing everything they can to try to stop Donald Trump and the good work that is, is actually occurring. Well, I, I think there is a socialist strain in, in the Democrat Party now, and I see it in Congress, certainly with especially some new members, but certainly with uh, uh, more seasoned members also, uh, ever since the, the Bernie Sanders campaign, which was really came on the heels of the Obama administration and the, and the lurch to the left with Obamacare and Dodd-Frank and uh, their, their, their vast regulatory scheme. Uh, you could see uh, the direction that, that the Democrats have been heading uh, for the last 10, 15 years. And we, we are now faced with a, a, a clear choice between a Republican and democracy, between capitalism and socialism. And, and uh, I think that, that Donald Trump has, has made it very clear that capitalism works. We have a booming economy for the first time in years. And we uh, we owe that to uh, basic market principles that the president has instilled. And so I I hope the American people understand the the contrast and the choice that they have. Well, we do have a clear uh, contrast. And, you know, one of the things that uh, we're working on is the Stand for Colorado rally that uh, we are having on Friday afternoon at the the Capitol here in uh, in Denver. And there's uh, five other locations throughout the state where everyday hardworking Coloradans are coming together to to basically take a stand against what this um, uh, House of Representatives, State Senate, and Governor had the rules, regulations, and laws that have been presented and, and are being implemented now. And as I've been working through my thoughts on this, there's two things that have really come forward. And first of all, you know, the Democrats have, have tried to portray themselves as the party of compassion, the party of uh, really caring about people. But uh, Congressman Buck, what we've seen, seen in Colorado here is that there have been uh, people that have gone down to the Capitol that have never gone down before over a range of issues whether or not it's the oil and gas bill, the forced vaccination bill, uh, the, the, uh, you know, the sex education bill, which is the hypersexualization of our children. I mean, there are so many things across the spectrum. And uh, I've, heard, I've heard that suburban woman, that suburban Democrat woman, uh, one of them said to me, I thought the Democrats cared for me, but I realized that that is not the case. And... Uh, like on the forced vaccination bill, there were three Republicans, uh, Senator Owen Hill, Senator Paul Lundeen, and Senator Rob Woodward, that really stood for freedom. They stood, stood for choice. And the point there is, is it's never compassionate to take away somebody else's freedom. And that was one of the big things that I've really learned as I've watched this legislative session here in Colorado. Uh, you know, what do you think about that? Well, I think you're absolutely right. There, there is a difference between a hand out and a hand up. And we have always talked in the Republican Party about how uh, people have a dignity in work and, and giving people the opportunity to succeed is what uh, Republicans stand for. 
um, and the, the freedom uh, that we, we've always talked about in terms of the job place uh, is also the freedom that we talk about in, in other areas. And uh, I'm, I'm amazed that this uh, legislature lurched to the left as it did, and there wasn't more media coverage. Thank God we have uh, radio hosts like you who are willing to talk about uh, exactly what's going on. But the one that really surprised me, Kim, because I thought it was sort of a, a more arcane issue, uh, uh, an issue that uh, might be a little harder for people to understand, but people get it. And, and that's this, uh, the changing medical college, the, the popular vote bill that, that was passed in the legislature and signed by the governor. Um, people are, are really upset that we are giving our electoral votes to uh, California and, and New York. And uh, I am I'm really pleasantly surprised by how many people get it and, and understand just uh, how terrible this legislative session has been. Well, Congressman Buck, let's talk some more about this national popular vote, but let's go to break. Uh, and uh, when we come back, this is it's unprecedented, this run around the U.S. Constitution. But I think a lot of people don't understand the Electoral College and the reason that the the founders put that into the Constitution. And then also the other thing that I'm learning is that socialism is force. And when you look across the, the, the different uh, surveys out there, is still most Americans would like to have the freedom to live their life as they see fit. So this is Kim Munson with the Americhicks. We're going to go to break. We have on the line with us Congressman Ken Buck, which I'm absolutely thrilled because we are talking to him before he goes over to his uh, Judiciary Committee meeting in about an hour. So you're hearing all of this first with us. So we'll be right back. We are having a conversation with uh, Congressman Ken Buck. He's back in Washington, D.C., and you're, you're going to be heading over to the Judiciary Committee meeting here in about an hour, you said. I will be, yes. Okay. And uh, is, is there anything big that's going to happen today, do you think, at the committee meeting? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, absolutely. The, uh, the markup on the resolution uh, holding the Attorney General in contempt will be today, which means we will review the bill, offer amendments to the bill, and uh, then, uh, uh, assuming the Democrats have the votes, they will pass the bill out of committee uh, to the floor. So uh, it could be heard as early as next week on the floor of the House, but uh, today, in about an hour, we'll hear it in the, in the Judiciary Committee for the first time. Oh, it's going to be a big day, that's for sure. Now, you mentioned before we went to break the national popular vote here in Colorado. Uh, that is some legislation that was passed where instead of adhering to the U.S. Constitution and the Electoral College, that in fact uh, we would uh, have a compact with other states that our votes, our Electoral College votes, would go for whoever got the popular vote uh, throughout the uh, the nation. And as we've seen, it's been those real populous uh, cities that have affected uh, you know, the popular vote in their states, for example, in California, Los Angeles, San Francisco. And so in essence, we're giving up our voice. We're giving up our vote to California or to Illinois or New York. And so in essence, it's, it's uh, you know, uh, putting, uh, putting down the voice of the individual. It's actually hurting the, the minority on this. And uh, so it's, it's almost historic that, uh, that we have this 
ballot initiative that we're trying to get onto the ballot on whether or not we would adhere to this particular law that was passed in Colorado. And uh, what do you think exactly about that, uh, Congressman Buck? Well, the, the, the Constitution, when it was uh, created um, and ratified, was uh, in, in the Electoral College it was intended to protect the more rural states, the states that had more agriculture um, and less lower populations. <clears throat> and the uh, by doing away with that, uh, uh, Colorado, Wyoming, the whole Rocky Mountain region, really, and, and much of the Midwest, uh, gives up their vote to the coasts. And uh, when when you go strictly with a, a national popular vote, you will see a lot less uh, campaigning and a lot less concern about the issues that affect uh, rural Colorado in particular, but uh, really uh, rural America. And the uh, the political effort will be made in the large cities. It undermines what we are as a country. It undermines our diversity. And, and that's uh, a serious problem. And I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know that that was the consequence, whether that was the intended consequence, but it's certainly an unintended consequence of, of what's occurred in, in the Colorado legislature. Well, and what's happened, Congressman Buck, is um, there has been uh, Rose Puglisi, who is a commissioner out in Mesa County. And then Don Wilson, who is the mayor of Monument, they came together and they said, and, and in Colorado, we have something unique in our Constitution, and that is, is if a law is passed, unless it has the safety clause, then the people of Colorado have the right to review that law. And so that is what is happening here, is Rose and Don have said, okay, you know, but you passed this law, but the, the people of Colorado actually have a voice on whether or not uh, they wanted uh, that Colorado should adhere to that law. So it's called a national popular vote. They're in a fervent uh, effort right now to get enough uh, signatures on petitions to get this on the ballot, I believe, in 2020. And so at our Stand for Colorado rallies, we will actually have a national popular vote petition gatherers there. So you, uh, when you come to the rallies, you can actually sign that petition. And it's just the question on whether or not Colorado should adhere to this. And it's really an unconstitutional law. You know, the U.S. Constitution, if you don't like it, the founders put in a way to change that, and that is through the amendment process. But So this is very unconstitutional. But regardless, Rose and Don said, you know, well, let, let's have the people of Colorado review this. My concern, Congressman Buck, is that a lot of people don't understand the Electoral College. And they are adhering to this uh, byline that, that in essence, giving up our electoral votes to the popular vote gives us a voice. But it's actually the, the exact opposite of that. But how are we going to make sure that people understand the beauty of the Electoral College? I've been surprised by how many people do. And, and I think uh, when you change the Constitution, uh, Americans' default position is that uh, the Constitution should not be changed. And so really the burden will be on uh, those in the legislature that feel uh, that they have to change the Constitution. I, I think that uh, the the idea that uh, after 243 years or whatever the number of years has been since the uh, Constitution uh, was ratified, we are going to change a very, very fundamental uh, concept in the Constitution 
I, I think that uh, the, the legislature overacted. I, I certainly don't believe they had a mandate uh, of any kind on, on the popular vote. So I think it's going to be uh, a challenge for us to uh, educate Coloradans. But I think it's going to be a reason why a lot of Coloradans turn out uh, in this presidential year to vote. And I, I think it will really backfire on the Democrats that they have chosen to uh, pursue this. Uh, because I, I really believe that a lot of uh, conservative, unaffiliated voters will uh, choose to vote uh, as a result of, the, of this issue being on the ballot. Well, and strategically, we only have a couple of minutes left, but strategically, what I see is I think that the polling, the inside baseball polling, must show that at this particular point in time that Donald Trump, because of this good economy, uh, you know, 3.2% GDP growth, such low unemployment, that people like that, when their own personal economies are doing well, they typically will vote the person in office back in. And so we've seen this movement then to what I would say really does take away the voice of, of voters, and that is, is to, we've seen uh, proposals that we have 16-year-olds vote, uh, we've seen uh, proposals that uh, have felons vote, uh, in Los Angeles, which is one of the big population centers, they actually had more people registered to vote than people that live there. And so I think this is strategic that they are concerned and they are working to, to change this so that they can defeat Donald Trump. I think that's part of it. I think they, they, they seek control of legislatures and uh, various uh, entities through through this mechanism. But But absolutely. And I have to tell you, I think Donald Trump has done a great job managing the economy, and I think people will vote their pocketbooks. My fear is that we have had an unparalleled and unprecedented attack on this president for the last two years, two and a half years. And it's really unbelievable that anyone could survive and maintain as much popularity as he has, given uh, what the mainstream media has done. But if you look at the results, if you look at uh, America's standing in the world, if you look at the economy, uh, there, are, there are very few times in, in our uh, recent history that we have been as strong as we are right now. Well, that's for sure. Congressman Buck, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us this morning. We greatly appreciate it. My pleasure, Kim. Thank you.